Okie dokie. We are uh, back for hour number two of Christian Worldview with Dr. Tony Bean. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, we'll, we'll crank it up this hour for you. We promise. Uh, we're going to get a call here in just a few minutes from Senator Josh Kimbrell from Spartanburg. Give us a little review of what happened. See, I told you. Give a little review of uh, what happened down in the State House this week. And uh, we always appreciate our Friday visits with Senator Kimbrell. I got to figure out how to do that. I guess I'm going to have to record him like ahead of time, you know, uh, and then play it on my podcast or stream it live on the new website that's coming. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But right now, let's welcome South Carolina Senator Josh Kimbrell to the program. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Doctor. Good to be with you. Yeah, it's good to be with you. Uh, appreciate your text this morning. You know, um, you, you'd mentioned uh, Mike Pence, and of course he was in Greenville last night at Bob Jones University, and and I was there, and you were there, and you know I'm just really he he's just an amazing guy, great communicator, very sincere um, when he talks about his concerns about the country. Um, you, do you you think he's going to run for president? What do you think is going to happen with him? Well, I, I didn't get to attend last night. Actually, I was tied up in Columbia, so I, I did not go last oh, evening. But I mean, okay. I do like I do like the vice president, and he's a good guy, and I've had a good relationship with him over the past couple of years. And so, I think he's got he's done a really oh. great job of, of casting his vision for the country. Whether he runs or not, I think that remains to be seen. But I think he certainly thinks about it. Yeah, the text that I was looking at is not from you. <laughs> I'd already switched over to another. Pre- that's why I need a keeper. I need to just hire somebody to go around with me every day. Maybe when you retire from politics, you could be my you could be my keeper. Um, so anyway, what what happened in Columbia this week? What's what's on your mind in the Senate? What are you working on, and what is the Senate working on primarily? Well, uh, something I'm working on that I hope the Senate's going to work on with me, and that is trying to follow Tennessee. Uh, in protecting kids. I introduced legislation yesterday that would make us the second state in the United States to ban these cabaret shows and probably drag queens and kids. Excellent. You know, people don't people don't realize this has happened across this state quite a bit. And oh, yeah? We've had, about, we've had about five different cities in South Carolina that have had drag queen uh, cabaret shows where, you know, guys are dressed in drag and stripping and, uh, and having kids on the stage with them. There was one episode in Columbia where a little girl... Uh, you know, I looked very young to me, I think five or six, is on the stage during the Pride Day Festival last October, and a and a, a drag queen, of course, an adult drag queen, is on the stage dancing with this little girl, teaching them how to do all the twerks and the, and the exotic dancing and teaching people how to put money uh, in the top of her panties. And we're talking about a kid, probably a first grader. This is sick. And, you know, people that have adult cabaret shows and drag queen, you know, programs do it, in the privacy of a private institution with adults only. But having kids involved in this is wrong. It's despicable. Governor Tennessee, Bill, Bill Lee, took a very strong stand against it by signing legislation yesterday, and I pretty well introduced word for word the South Carolina version of what Governor Lee just, just put into law. Well, I really appreciate that because we need to be kind of out front about this and protecting our, ch- our children, and you're exactly right. Some of the stuff, well, all of it, really. That goes on at these uh, burlesque shows that are essentially, you know, drag queens in front of children, drag queen story hours in libraries. I mean, I, I can't imagine that that being acceptable to a majority of South Carolinians. So I really appreciate you introducing that, Bill. What about uh, transgender surgeries? Has there been any, any evidence that we've been doing any of that in South Carolina? 
Well, I mean, look, up until last year, and I have, I'll take a little bit of credit for this. I introduced a budget resolution that got right. adopted. We defunded, we defunded MUSC's pediatric transgender clinic. But that, so we just did that last year. Uh, up until then, certainly there was encouragement for gender reassignment. Now, whether in, I don't think MUSC did any physical surgeries. They certainly had a hormone replacement therapy center, and they were encouraging kids, very young kids, to have gender reassignments. And we ended that. We shut that program down at the State Funded University. But there have been other doctors and, and groups in the state that have pushed for it. And, and uh, my friend Danny Burton, Senator Burton, and I have worked very closely together to introduce legislation that now has about 20 co-sponsors. That's two-thirds of the Republican caucus uh, to eliminate uh, these reassignment surgeries for minors in South Carolina. I've taken a very strong stand that not only should we not do this with public money, we shouldn't do this, period. No kid. Uh, who's too young to know whether they're Batman or not, needs to choose whether they're a man or woman. And I've said this on the floor last year. But, you know, it's amazing to me that we have two boys. You know, my son up until he's 11 now, but up until a few years ago, couldn't decide if he was Iron Man or Batman. And I asked, I asked kind of facetiously in the, to the senators, I said, do you think I should have gotten him iron replacement therapy, some bat hormones? Of course not. I mean, nobody thinks that because he's a kid. Right. And he, he grew out of it. Well, I mean, by that same logic, a kid who's five or six who's talking about, I think I'm going to be a girl if I'm a boy or I might be a boy if I'm a girl, if studies prove that about 90-plus 90 percent of the time those kids grow out of that. So why would we encourage a permanent reassignment that would cause life-altering consequences? And so we're going to stop that. I intend for that to be outlawed in South Carolina, period. Have you got a lot of uh, co-sponsors on those bills, Senator? Yeah, on the gender reassignment bills, I just said Danny Verd and I are working right, together on that. We got we got twenty co-sponsors on that one. Excellent. Um, and that's that's been a, uh, been going around for a few weeks. And on the the bill I introduced regarding the the, the cabaret shows, we have a ten or eleven on the first day. So yeah, we're doing pretty well on both. Excellent. You think those will come up before the end of the session? Yeah, I believe we have. A, I mean, I think we'll have a better chance on the reassignment bill than we will the cabaret bill, j- just because of the committee that's in the cabaret right. bill is going to be in judiciary, and judiciary we, we don't, it doesn't move very fast. Unfortunately, the the gender reassignment bill that's going to be in medical affairs, and Senator Verdon's one of the co-sponsors of that bill. And he's the chair for the committee, so I feel much better about moving that bill forward. And I tend to push for that. And uh, if we have to set it for special order, we set it for special order. But I believe you're going to see South Carolina take decisive action. At least the Senate, and I hope the House concurs in protecting our kids from this this agenda uh, this year. Because look, it is an agenda. I mean, there's no question it's an agenda. This we're not we don't have a bunch of this being aimed at adults. All this re- reassignment stuff and gender fluidity and gender dysphoria is being targeted to minors who don't know any better and who are being influenced. And we got to stop letting our kids be exploited. And we're going to do that this year. Excellent. Well, I'm I'm really glad you've taken that up and are uh, being a champion behind getting those bills passed because we absolutely need them in South Carolina. Um, what what about ESG? Now you've you've introduced that bill as well. Uh, how's that How's that looking in the Senate? Well, I'm working with the chairman of the Senate Banking Committee, and he and I have been talking about what, how to get it moving forward. I'm meeting with the Bankers Association obvious next week. To understand their concerns, I mean, look, I want to protect small banks. I don't want small banks to feel like we're telling them how to do their job, but I'm also not going to let them pick and choose who they get to loan or not based on their political beliefs. Right. And let's be clear, it's not the small banks that are doing it. It's not your bank of travel stress or something like that. It's not the little guys. It's the big guys. It's the, it's the big multinationals, the TDs, the BFAs. These are the guys that push yeah. that stuff. Yeah, they, that's the truest, and these guys push that stuff. And, you know, my, my goal 
is not to even hurt them. I want them to be able to exercise free enterprise. But free enterprise doesn't mean you get to pick on people who disagree with you and use the force of the state to do it. And and what we have heard, what we have seen, and I've, I've seen it time and again, the banks have started trying to divest investments and in anybody that's a gun manufacturer or retailer. If you're overtly Christian, if you take positions of saying that you believe in uh, in traditional values, I'll give you. This isn't a banking thing, but it ties back to this assault on the faith in our country. There was a school board member in Arizona who, yesterday, wearing cat ears, I might add. You know, you, you got to take somebody seriously who's wearing cat ears. She's wearing cat ears to the school board meeting, and she got up there and said that the school board, the school district, needed to seriously consider a policy of not hiring people with quote unquote Christian values because Christian values did not create safe spaces. Now, of course, the safe space she's referring to is the freedom to wear cat ears and have talk about changing your gender and uh, and pushing radical LGBT agendas and having drag queen uh, story hour in the school. That that's her definition of a safe space. She didn't care if it's a safe space for FCA or Christian clubs on campus or, you know, any of that stuff. Don't care about safe space there. Her definition of safe space is just safe to do anything crazy and deviant, but not anything, not talk about uh, faith and freedom. And, but that's where we are. we got to push back against this, and I'm, I intend to move the ESG bill for that same reason. Yeah, and I was I was amazed. I read that story this morning, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was uh, I've got it in the queue that I, I was going to talk about it. But the thing that really fascinated me, she describes herself the one that's wearing the cat ears. Now listen to this: a bilingual, disabled, neurodivergent, queer, black Latina. Okay, I don't. Yeah, there's even, a lot back into that statement, isn't there? There's a lot in there. There's a lot into that. Well, and I don't even know. Is, I'm not sure. Is she, is she like a? Is she beginning her feline conversion? I've heard, I've heard of some of these school boards. They've been pushing for litter boxes. Have you heard about this? Yeah, they're, they're yeah. pushing for litter, litter boxes because certain students have decided they might be cats. I'm sorry, but the first time a school in this state installs a litter box, I'm going to call for defunding that district. I'm sorry. That that to me, yeah. this is this is going far enough. This is insane. I mean, when we were kids. You played cowboys and Indians. Now we're playing cats and dogs. You're literally a cat and dog. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, wow. Well, Senator, look, thanks for the time. I appreciate the work you're doing in Columbia. Thanks especially for those two bills that you're working on that would give South Carolina children some protection from some pretty bad stuff that's out there. Um, And we look forward to talking to you next week. Hope you have a great weekend. Well, you have a good weekend, too, and thanks for all you do. Oh, yes, sir. I was fascinated. I'm learning because I, I I can't look at Facebook while I'm doing this. I'm I'm actually going to be able when we switch over. And by the way, let me go ahead and talk about that for a minute because his radio talk, ninety one nine eighty nine point seven FM is going to become music uh, as of April first. And if you tune into the radio station and hear some type of music format, uh, don't think it's an April Fool's joke because uh, Gary Miller is retiring. And his radio talk is going to cease to exist as a talk radio format. So, um, uh, you're hearing other announcements from other people who have programs on here that are uh, telling you what you can do to continue to follow them. And I'm in the process of getting ready to do the same thing. I've already got all my equipment in my house. Uh, I was working uh, with it some last night, in fact. I've got to go through kind of a learning curve uh, to figure out how to run a, a, a radio show that's going to essentially that's going to be streaming live. It's going to be a streamed program from seven thirty to eight thirty. Now you've you've gotten used to listening to this program from seven to nine Monday through Friday, 
but it's going to be cut back from 7.30 to 8.30 Monday through Friday because I'm going to use the same program as my podcast. It's going to have a little different format. Uh, but I, it's the title of the show is going to be Truth and Culture and Pol- uh, Politics and Culture, rather, with Dr. Tony Bean. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to take God's Word, which is the standard of truth, and we're going to apply it to politics and culture and talk about how we can engage the culture from a biblical, a biblical worldview perspective that includes injecting truth into everything that we do. And so that's going to be available. It's going to be, uh, you can download it. You'll be able to subscribe to the podcast and it'll be delivered to your smartphone. You can listen to it whenever you want. Uh, it'll be an hour. It's going to be exactly an hour. I'm going to put myself on the clock and, um, it's, you know, it'll be an hour when you listen to it, seven thirty to eight thirty. Um, not going to take calls in the beginning. I'll just be talking about um, issues, probably going to pick three. I'll probably hit five issues that are tops in the news, and we'll talk about three of them every day because that's really all the time we're going to have. I mean, it takes it takes me 20 minutes to say hello, so I can't talk about five issues in, in an hour, um, but I think I can get three in. So that that's that's how we're going to get started. And I I don't have the web address yet. They've taken the website down for this radio program because they're building it out, have a lot more capacity. Um, I'm going to be able to – I've told them – I was talking yesterday. I said, look, I've got to be able to stream. I want to stream live on the website. You know, well, we can put – you know, the conversation went, well, we can put some links where people can – no, I got that. But I don't want a link. I want you to be able to go to the website, and there it is. You can listen to it, or uh, and, and it'll be streaming via video as well. On Facebook, probably on Rumble. I think, I think if I get on um, uh, YouTube, I'll get kicked off inside of a week. And so I, I just want to be somewhere where I can talk about Christian values without having to worry about being censored uh, all the time. So... Uh, will probably will probably be on Rumble, but I'll tell you about how to access all that before the end of the month. So keep listening to the program is the point. All right, um, I talked about Mike Pence being a good guy. Oh, oh, we got a caller. I'm sorry, Gene. Thanks, Gene. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to bring back the topic of of the hate crimes legislation, uh, and from my perspective of this, you know, um, I'll back up a little bit. God is no respecter of persons. We agree with that. But hate crime sort of violates all that uh, with respect to uh, uh, God's hand in justice. And I've told many people, if you violate the Ten Commandments, you're committing a hate crime. And if you want to narrow it down to, uh, uh, to the portion of the Ten Commandments that deals with human-to-human interaction, the, the last six commandments, uh, starting with honor thy father and mother, all the way down to the, uh, thou shalt not covet. So I think this is just absolute political Marxism, this whole, uh, this whole uh, hate crimes legislation and activity, and it, and it should not be done. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your opinion, Gene, very much. Look, I, I, don't, I don't want any hate crime legislation. Let me say that definitively. I don't think we need hate crime legislation. I think there are statutes now that you can enhance penalties if a person acts with some kind of kind of malice or you know but but we there are those that if you don't you know once we start doing something like we've got to have a law 
We've got everybody's got to pass a law. If you don't pass a law, then you're a homophobe. If you don't pass a law, you're a racist. If you don't pass a law, you you're um, you know um, a misogynist. You it, it's unbelievable the pressure that get gets brought to bear here. Uh, simply because there's a thing that we've all got to get on the train and say the same thing about it, or we're going to get kicked out of polite society, or we don't care about people. We don't, you know. Look, I I don't want anybody attacked for their gender, their race, their uh, religion, anything. I I mean I'm I'm in favor when a crime is committed to throw the book at that person, and it, you know if if whatever the motive is, if there's hatred in and and I don't I don't quite understand how when you're talking about major crime, which by the way the hate crime bill now only deals with major crime. I mean, it's not it, – it, when it first was introduced, there was an agenda. There's no question because it dealt with, you know, small matters. Like if, if somebody was offended by something that you said. Yeah, yes. that kind of stuff was yes. in there in yes. the beginning. It all got taken out. And so this bill has morphed through the legislative process the way that a bill is supposed to. There's been healthy debate and points have been raised – and, you know, people have admitted, okay, yeah, we probably don't need to do that. If, if we're going to do this, then we certainly don't need to do that, you know. And that's, that, that's all I'm I, – I, I would rather – I don't believe we have to have a hate crimes bill. But if the legislature is in South Carolina is bound and determined to pass a bill, we have got to get the Bostock language out of there because – it defines sex in a specific way that has been demonstrated since the Bostock Supreme Court case. It's being used by the courts to broaden the definition of sexuality in a way that hurts people who are conservative. I mean, it, it, it's, it's being used to stop bathroom, common sense legislation that says we're going to have chaos if we let men and women go to the same bathroom. Um, we're going to make women uncomfortable. I think even worse is putting men in female prisons. Like that's to yeah, me is just yeah. the worst idea ever. Well, and 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 again, no one. I don't believe if you don't respect the limits of sex of sex as biology. I don't believe there's a single person in the South Carolina legislature that wants any of those unintended consequences. They're not that, that that's not what this is. Right. Please don't hear me saying right. that oh these people are just trying to push this on. No they're a bunch not. Of pedophiles and perverts down there. They're they're not. They're trying to pass a law that will they feel like will protect people because of their race, their gender, their you know, their religion. They they want there to be protections. And I think that they're for, wise in in, in uh, this is the best possible construction on a hate crimes piece of legislation is right. that they realize that there are people out there that are that lack self-control and they lack inhibition and they're crazy and they go out and they do things against people like this guy up in New York who went and targeted a specific grocery store in a specific neighborhood because of the specific racial demographics of that neighborhood. There's people out there who are doing those things like that category does exist of people who who hate LGBT people and they will go out there and they will target them specifically. So that category exists. Right. Hopefully 
we've learned a little bit as a Christian community because I grew up in the 1990s. I know what the vocabulary was like about gay people during the 1990s. It oh, was not it was, friendly. It no, was awful. It was awful. There were words that we don't use anymore. We've learned, right. okay? And so and we should moved. And we should have. Right. And so there's some holdover sentiment there that's left over from that. There's people who will still, it's the same type of people who think that decency and civility are not prime virtues in our political discourse. Those same type of people will use words against homosexual people, and they'll also use actions and behaviors against homosexual people or transgender people because they feel so passionately about this issue as I do. But you have to have self-control. And so for those people who lack that self-control, we want to have enhanced penalties on yeah, those you types wanna... of behaviors. That's the, is, that, is that a fair description? Yeah, that's a that's fair. The that's the best a... possible construction on a hate crimes piece of legislation. Sure. And I but... think that's probably what's coming out of Columbia. That's the, what's in their hearts. I think, exactly. I think that's what they want. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it behooves us <laughs> to point out the unintended consequences and that's wisdom. when we pass a law. Exactly. Because this is what, and it's been, dem- this is not something we're making up. Exactly. There's a history here that we can demonstrate. Um, and, and look, let's face it. You know, how long ago would we have to go, if we could, if we had a time machine, we'd go back in time. How far would we have to go? to where you would not walk into a school board meeting and see a person sitting there with furry cat ears and green hair who describes themselves as a bilingual, disabled, neurodivergent, queer, queer black Latina. I mean, what, uh, what, what part of that does not scream that there's a problem here that this person is on the school board and making judgments about children? I mean, now, you, I know people can scream back at me and say, you're judging someone because of who they are. Nope, not who they are, who they think they are. You know, if somebody goes to a school board meeting and says, I'm Napoleon Bonaparte, and so therefore I'm going to run this meeting, I got a problem because they're not Napoleon Bonaparte. And, you know, no matter what they say or what they think, and the fact that they think they're Napoleon Bonaparte should disqualify them from being on the school board. And I think somebody who comes in and call me crazy, okay? Somebody walks in a school board meeting, and and it's not Halloween, and it's not you know dress up day, and it's but this they they sincerely this is what they do. They wear furry cat ears, and they describe themselves in such a way that I have to look up the words to be able to figure out what the heck they're talking about. Do they need to be on a school board? And my answer is no. Because I don't think they've got a grasp of reality. They're making decisions about children. They're making decisions about curriculum. They're making decisions about schools. That actually happen in the world of reality. That, like the, the, the outcome of those decisions actually happens on the ground in reality. Well, and, and this is what this person said. She said, in a meeting, this is what Senator Kimbrell was talking about, this Arizona case. Mm-hmm. She said during the meeting, she would oppose having a contract with a Christian university over the religious and biblical beliefs they espouse. So you can't believe in Jesus. You can't believe in biblical truth. You can't believe in decency, but you can believe in all these things that she believes— and that's the problem. She doesn't want anything that disagrees with her worldview to be part of the school system. And that includes Christianity. But who's sane here? I mean, who's, who's behaving in a manner that is best for culture and society? Are you trying to tell me that it's when a Christian points out that this makes no sense? Um, and, and we could, look, hey, 
Take the Bible, put it over here. Now, I live my life on the foundation of the truth of God's Word, but I don't even need it to say something's wrong here, okay? Just from a uh, yeah, some God, type of God, standard natural law you know god has embedded the truth of his right. world into the natural order of things and right she's defying the natural order of things we can yeah i mean I, like i don't like to set the bible off to the side because that's my book no 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 this is, this is i know i know and, and but 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 if you don't accept my premise as the bible is the governing authority for all of life and conduct if you okay. don't accept that let's just talk about what's real yeah, yeah okay we don't we, we don't have to worry about I, I won't quote the scripture to you just take off the furry cat ears when you come to the school board meeting will you <laughs> Let me get back to Mike Pence for a second, because I really wanted to dive into that a little bit. I want to hear what you have to say on this. Well, I'm I'm so frustrated that, you know, I'm going to make a request here that's going to be considered very controversial, and and, and quite frankly, I don't care. Uh, Well, that's that's cruel. I care when people think I'm being unreasonable or I get labeled as something that I'm not, uh, but— I, I don't care enough about that. I care more about what I'm about to say. If you're going to go around and tell people that we sh- we don't need Christians in politics, that we don't need decent, good people in politics, we've got to have people that get things done. And, and if that means that they have to be what everything that we say is wrong with our culture— if they have to enter into that and fight with the same tools, then we can't participate, okay? It, it, but if you're going to say that, if you're going to go around and tell people, I want the meanest so-and-so to be in the, in the Oval Office, and I want the one that's not going to mind doing whatever it takes to get whatever I think needs to be done, done. If that's your philosophy, will you do me a favor? Please leave Jesus out of it, because Jesus has no part of that philosophy. And and so just don't tell people that you're a Christian. I'm not telling you you're not a Christian, but I'm asking you to, to not sully the name of Jesus Christ by pulling in all this stuff and say, well, it doesn't matter if you're good or decent. We, we've had enough good and decent. We need leaders that are, you know, if you're going to go out and embrace Vladimir Putin, then do me a favor. Leave Jesus out of it. Don't talk about it being part of your Christianity, because that is an affront to God, I believe. Um, look, I don't and, know and if— I'll tell you what bothers me, even maybe—not not more, okay, but it's just icing on the cake— is that I'm afraid that the people that you're appealing to are willing to comply with your request. Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't I don't think they're going to—well, the— I, I, if if they do, that's fine. Look, I don't mind a person going around. If if you really believe that we're better off by having, I don't know what whatever you want us to have in leadership that is bereft of decency and honor, virtue and, and virtue. virtue is the okay, word that we're after. Virtue. virtue. Okay, because you know I I don't want that. I I think virtue is an absolute necessity in a Absolutely. leader. Absolutely. It, it because, is the whole game. Right. Like if you if you have everything else and don't have virtue, you've lost the game. Now you need virtue and then you need a lot more. You need more. a lot of stuff. You now, need someone to now, go into the political sphere and employ strong arm tactics against a very very diabolical enemy. That's right. Okay? You that's need right. to recognize the game that's being played here. The strength and of the you stand. You can fight that fight with virtue intact. But you 
you do not have to get down in the mud and roll around with somebody in order to win that battle. You do not. And if you think you do, then that is diametrically opposed to what the Bible says about our behavior that's been made very clear. Look, I don't know if Mike Pence ought to be president. Um, I'm, I, he's not going to be he's, president. No. Okay? He's, he's, he has I, no I, chance. I don't think he does either. But he hasn't even declared that he's going to run yet. Okay, But let's just say that he decides he's going to run. Right. He is a good, decent, godly man. And I want those characteristics in a leader that's going to take the reins of the country. Now, after you've said that, if you say that he doesn't have the intestinal fortitude... Okay, and I to don't stand know. up in the political arena that well, we need. But now I'm that's gonna, fine. Go ahead and right. say that, but stop criticizing him for his decency for, and his virtue. But I, I tell you, and his I'll nice tell you this: mojo. if if I want to, I think the answer of of whether he has the ability to stand up to the pressure was answered on January sixth. The because only he was I, under, I know what you're saying. He's, he was willing to buck his entire. He was under incredible oh, pressure. Incredible. In fact. Probably the reason that he will never be president is because of that moment. Exactly. When exactly. He, he alienated his support base by right, taking a his stand against them. Donald Trump because and refusing to, you know, to cow to his, the call to refuse to certify. Right. His support base was tied to Trump's. And, right. and you know, he's told this story before, how yep. they've had this conversation where, you know, people were gathering the night before and President Trump uh, motioned to them outside the window and said, look at those people that are gathering. You know, they, they love us. And he said, I looked at the president, told him they love you, Mr. President. You know, mm-hmm. and and he said and, and then there was a conversation about love for the Constitution mm-hmm. and the rule of law. Mm-hmm. And I, And I'm just telling you. That is virtue. That is honor. And that if you is. To, if you want to mistake virtue for virtue signaling, we're having a different conversation at this yeah, point. Yeah. All virtue is not virtue signaling. Some people are just actually virtuous. But, I know, crazy so idea. I, I, do I think Mike Pence has the intestinal fortitude to be president? I do. Now, is I he don't. the? Okay, I do. Uh-huh. I think he does. Uh-huh. I, I, I absolutely. I'm. I well, because he's willing to stand up to his right, but is he willing to take that hard of a stance and, and ball his fist and say, "You will not do that to our girls"? You know, I mean. No, it, I think he would. I think he. I absolutely believe he would because of the depth of conviction that he has about morality that comes from his faith. Mm-hmm. I believe he would. But, but this conversation that we're having right here is the right one to have. You believe that he does have the the kahunas yeah. to stand up. Yeah. I don't, and so I won't vote for him, okay? Right. But that's the way to have the conversation, the well, way we just had it. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And, I don't, and, and I'm not saying that I think he's the best candidate to be president. Mm-hmm. I don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who's going to get in the race. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Scott's probably going to get in. Love Tim Pence Scott. is not in yet. Right. Um, you know, Ron DeSantis is probably going to get in. Yep. I doubt, although I don't know. Well, I'm not going to say that. I haven't been around Ron DeSantis like I've been around Mike Pence. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be fair to me to say that he doesn't have the same uh, depth of faith that Mike Pence uh, so easily talks about. The smell test salvation. tells us that it yeah. doesn't. But, but yeah. yeah, when you when you look at the public personas mm-hmm. and you examine, maybe not. But I don't know yeah. because you got to be with somebody. Yeah. You got to be in a room with them. You got to talk to them. You got to listen to them. 
Um, and I've done enough with that with Pence to believe that his his belief in Christ is what motivates him and is totally sincere. And just stop but, writing him off because of that. Well, so don't and, just rule him out and say he's a you know n- not a viable candidate because of his nice guy persona. And if you're going to take Christianity seriously, if it is a is 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 a life changing event for you, and you're going to base your behavior, your thought processes. If you're going to run everything through the lens of scripture, that includes your voting. You've got to run this through there yep. too. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, mm-hmm. but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Now, this is, this is Paul in his letter to the church at Ephesus, chapter 4, beginning in verse 29. And it runs to the end of the chapter. This is a standard that is scriptural. This is Paul speaking, inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. And we're called to live this way. Do I meet that standard every day? No. But my goal is to meet it, and I know when I'm not meeting it, Believe me, I I don't. <laughs> I when when I fall short, and you're not okay with that. I'm not okay with not meeting it. Right. It is not okay. That's you, a, thank you. That's what I was trying to. Leaning into that not okayness, and it's just like you know what we need to be nasty because the stakes are so high. No, the st- because the stakes are so high, we need to be virtuous. the The worse, the uh, the more important the decision, the more necessary huh. the depth of character of the person that's going to make it. I mean, I, I, I'm just telling you, I do not trust Donald Trump to make some decisions. I, I don't. Because, because of his lack of commitment to beca- personal beca- virtue. Because of his lack of commitment to personal virtue and the fact that I believe that his narcissism runs deep. I think that he would make some decisions based on how it affects him, what it makes him look like. We've seen him do that. I, I, we, we have plenty of evidence. That's what, that's what gives me pause, you know? Um, I I appreciate the good things that he did. So many good things. He did, and I freely acknowledge that. Yes. But that doesn't mean that I think, when when you weigh those things, I think that the possibility, when you you hear what he has to say and you hear his decision-making process, I I don't have confidence enough in having him be commander-in-chief. And here's the thing for me is we could do better. Well, that's right. It's not like we don't have how many other people out there that could do the same thing. This idea that he's the only one is completely false. It's very naive. Jake is on the phone. Jake, go ahead. Hi, Dr. Beeman. Hey, Jake. Uh, Mr. Barker, I just wanted to thank you for your conversation. Uh, One point I wanted to bring up is, though, the conversation on virtue and principle is something we need to have. Unfortunately, I see the following behind a Trump is more cultish uh, because we are, it's more of a identity politics. I'm MAGA or you're a rhino with them. And uh, I, I just fear that because of the sway he holds over these people, it's just like, yikes. Uh, I don't think we're going to have many of those conversations on principle and virtue, but I do appreciate what y'all have brought up uh, in the show thus far. 
Well, thank you, Jake. I appreciate that very much. Thanks for calling. And let me let me be clear about something. I I, I hear your concern about maybe the type of influence that President Trump has over those who are following him. But I want, I want to say this. I think the vast majority of people who support President Trump are really good, decent, God-loving, God-fearing people who are just appalled at some of the stuff that we've been talking about today, about how far our culture has gone in the wrong direction. And I believe they sincerely believe that President Trump is the only one that has the moral fortitude or whatever you want to call it to stand up uh, and defend the things that they believe in. Now, what's interesting about that is that, no, you know, every, nobody wants to talk about the fact that President Trump is all for the homosexual identity. Um, I mean, he's 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 been uh, on a stage you know, wrapped in a, a, a LGBTQ flag um, before. Now, I don't know where he is on the transgender stuff, but I know on homosexuality, he's taken the stand that, you know, that that's okay. And I'm just saying that, uh, that it's not okay from a biblical perspective if you're going to follow and honor Christ in every area of your life. So, um, you know, but back to this, I I do not I I voted for Trump. I mean, I've I voted for him in 2020. I freely admit I didn't vote for him in 2016 because I frankly didn't believe him. Same. The the way that he governed in 20 from 2016 to 2020 convinced me that enough of what he said was was true, and he held to it. His campaign promises. He was not a dark horse Democrat. Right that uh, got elected, he, he actually governed in a very, very conservative manner, maybe more conservative than anybody um, anybody has. And, and I'm talking about all the way back to Reagan, and I'm a Reagan devotee. I mean, I, you, you know how I've got my Ronald Reagan socks on today. So, you know, uh, but, but I mean, as far as the, the, the way that he took those stands mm-hmm. was, was very admirable. So I'm not, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I certainly wasn't going to vote for Biden. I saw that no, coming a mile no. away. Yeah. Um, but I, I just I don't malign people. I I worry about ideas and the way people express themselves. I've said over and over. I don't question your Christianity. I question your judgment. Yeah. I question yeah, your wisdom. Okay. Alan is not there. Uh, well, this is interesting because he was going to say I I hear this so much and it's such a terror. With all due respect to Alan, and I mean no disrespect to him. But this idea of not choosing a pastor, that's irrelevant. Now, that was not exactly his point, but I was putting oh, okay. that in that category of argument. Basically, what oh, he's saying okay. is he says whenever we want to go and criticize a person like Donald Trump, what we forget is that whenever God was choosing a king for Israel, he chose a lying, backstabbing, uh, murderous, adulterous man named David. No, he chose a man after God's own, after his own heart. David became those things because of sin in his life. And even David was willing to say, whenever Nathan put his finger in his face, exactly. thou art the man, he said, he I said, am the man. I am, look, look at the yep. Psalms. Don't yep. tell me yep. about David. David was broken David and Donald Trump, over okay? his sin. He yep. was devastated over his sin. Yep. His sin cost him his son. His sin cost him another son in that Absalom followed some of the examples that he saw, sat at the gate and undermined his own father. So look, David understands, maybe more than anybody, the consequences of what happens when you deviate 
from God's best. And what I hear from Donald Trump is that he's never done that. He never deviates. He never, I mean, I mean, you know, if he does, he knows better than it, God. It, it, uh, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. There's a problem. I and and there's a problem with identifying a person, at uh, Trump with David. There's a, there's a problem with that because again, um, you know, David. When David was called, all of the things that you say about him that was bad were not yet manifest. He was a young man who was zealous for God. And like all of us who become zealous for God, we can get off the track. I get off the track. But I know there is a track. I want to stay on the track. And when I get off and somebody points it out to me, I'm broken and repentant and humble about it. And those characteristics I do not see in Donald Trump, and I think that's a big problem. I've said over and over and over, virtue matters as much in a president as it does in a plumber. Yeah. As it does in a pastor. Right. Okay, since we've got the three-point alliterated Baptist preacher outline there. Right. Okay? Yeah, so yeah, you don't yeah. want to this hire is... a plumber who's going to come in and take pictures of your credit cards that you left on your desk. You don't want to hire a plumber who you can't trust around your kids. You don't want to hire a plumber who's going to do shoddy work and then charge you, overcharge you. Well, Virtue matters. Okay. Honesty matters. Integrity matters. And it does because here's the one that they think they always get you on. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, you're about to have surgery. And your life is on the line. It's on Facebook. Do you today. want the best surgeon, or do you want a do you the want a Christian, the, yeah. the, a yeah. Christian surgeon? Yep. You know what? If you stop and think about that for a second, the Christian surgeon should be the best one. And, 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 and the it's reason, a false dichotomy anyway, because yeah. it's not it's not like you can't have both. That's why I'm exactly. saying we can do better than no, Donald Trump. But I'm saying if if a believer goes into whatever profession that they have chosen, whether it's a surgeon or a plumber then if they're if they're following Jesus Christ in that then they should be by their work ethic by their understanding of the responsibility of their position i would rather have them because i'm going to tell you something you can have the best doctor in the world and if he's immoral he may take some money under the table to put something in you that a company is getting kickbacks so that um, you know, by making the decision that he's making, he's benefiting himself rather than benefiting you. I want somebody if they're going to cut me open. I want to believe that they would die in my place if they had to. And and I'm and I don't know too many people who are not Christians who would make that decision. Now and and so that that is a straw man argument. That is a terrible argument. In fact, cut. Please stop that. It, it, it undermines, you're undermining Christianity. You're trying to win a secular argument by arguing that it's better to not be a Christian. And that is so, how can you do that? How can you do that and, and be filled with the Holy Spirit and follow the one who rose from the grave so that you will rise one day? So that, because who covered your sin with his blood that you might have life and have it everlasting? I just don't get that. I, I'm sorry. I, I just politics is not greater than the kingdom. Political victories are temporary. I don't care how strong they are. We had eight years of incredible economic growth under conservative president, uh, a conservative president, Ronald Reagan. 
I mean, you can say whatever you want to say about him, whatever you want to say about Nancy and about astrology and blah, blah, blah. I get it. But I'm telling you that we had an incredible run during that. And it actually, things were so good during the eight years of the Reagan presidency that it leaked over into four years of George W. Bush. And if he hadn't lied about tax, about raising taxes, if he hadn't said, read my lips, no new taxes, and then gone out and raised taxes, he would have been reelected and we would have never had Bill Clinton. But here's the thing. That was temporary. You get it? We're not back in the 80s anymore. We're living in the 21st century in 2023, and there's no, re- there's no resemblance between 1985 and 2023. Okay? We're, we're, so don't put politics and don't put the time that we live in above the eternal nature of the one who saved you. Make sure that that's where your focus ultimately is. And if you follow Jesus in that manner, then when you get out into the political arena, whether you're doing grassroots work or you get elected to public office, you're going to always carry the standard that is biblical, right, and true because the foundation is right and true. (sighs) Okay. I, I'm gonna. Well done. Take, way to, I'm gonna way take to a close breath. the week out. Well, that was great. Well, I don't know how good it is, but it's the way. It's where I'm coming from, and I'm staying there because I don't know how else to live. I just don't. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy it, and come back with us on Monday. Enjoy doing we'll the show here. with you this week. It was yeah, really fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Believe me. <laughs>